Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Bobby V. So have you made your bets? Hang in there. Yeah. Okay, why are we playing this? Stay with me. Uh-huh. There you go. That's what he's going to do. He's going to eat a bean pie. <laughs> and you know what? If you were here at the station, you could eat a bean pie because I made one. Right? How was it? Fantastic. Thank you. Aww. Never even heard of a bean pie till I heard that theme song to that show. And I James was, was back there, and he was like, I got excited to try it, but then your dad said he's never made it before, and I got nervous. Thanks, James. Well, I mean, James needs... Oh, yeah? You ever work on radio before you jack what? <laughs> James, I mean, James is one of the nicest guy walking the planet, by the way. So, but no, I, rest assured, it was for especially for a first go round. Yeah, that's tasty as all get out. It's weird because you hear bean pie; it sounds like it'd be disgusting. Yeah. quite honestly, true. But uh, it's same thing with figgy pudding, which you know I made that for Christmas too because of that song. I did not know that. See, songs inspire me to make. Things. I can tell. Yeah. Figgy pudding, because, you know, that stupid song where the guy needs a restraining order, because he comes to your house, he wish you a Merry Christmas, uh, we want some figgy pudding, we want some, now bring it right here, he's telling him, bring it out here, and then he says, we won't go until we get some, who the hell is this arrogant SOP, <laughs> who shows up at a stranger's house and demands figgy pudding? You got me, pudding? man, you got me. But you know what, I made it, and it's not pudding at all, it's like a, it, it's like a cake, it's like a muffin, delicious. And this was delicious. I didn't know you were a chef. Oh, I love to cook. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I love to cook. It's an Italian thing, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. For me, mac and cheese is a complicated thing, so that's something I'm going to go Really? Through. Not in my skill set. Oh, I no. love to cook. No, it's very good. But uh, but Because uh, you know what the interesting is? If you look on the internet and find the recipe and do what they tell you, it comes out good. That's the whole thing. <laughs> if it says, like, put a stick of butter in, I put stick a stick it, of butter. There you are. And there you go. I don't ever say, take well, directions well, stick a butter instead of that. I think I I'll put a, some molasses coach, in. So, I, mean, I was very coachable. There you exactly. go. So very nice. So, yes. Yeah, so there's that. Fred Calgus here, the professor, as we're calling him now, who had another class today. Yes. And I'm disappointed to know nobody's brought you an apple. I mean, they're supposed to bring an apple for the teacher. They're, they're barely awake. I mean, they think <laughs> these kids think 930 is like dawn. Yeah, I'm well, like, I come on, too, guys. So, yeah, well, oh, come on. 
Anyway, and today they learned a blogging. Blogging? Yes. yes. Nice. There's a, there's a, they created Don't their own they websites. Don't they all know how to blog? I would think every kid knows how to blog and post and well, Instagram and make videos. And They handled it really well. I was the one struggling a little bit. This, Ralph Merkel, my partner in all this, who's a professor, full-time professor at UofL, he's my wingman and I'm his. So we're, we're co-teaching this class. And I'm more of the content guy. He's more of the tech guy until I come up to speed and all this stuff. So I was learning like they were, like the students were today. And I struggled a little bit, but I kind of got it's, the hang of it. It's an app, or how do you how are you doing it? We created an actual website. Uh, I think, but I mean, you use you use some sort of an app to create the website, don't yeah. you? It's a it's a website that creates a website. It's called Webly. Word, maybe WordPress. Hang on. WordPress. Hang on. Go into the iPad here. Giving, I'm giving all sorts of free plugs today. Uh, WordPress.com. WordPress. Yeah. Well, cost, we, cost you money or no? No, it's free. Wow. So that. This is not for oh, look at that. Visit Fred and Ralph's class. That's my first little test. Oh. So you actually create your own website. And then this is a blog. So then this is, a, I, I think we published it. So and it has a picture of me with American Pharaoh as a, a video wow, of a piece yes. I did on the 2007 Kentucky Derby after nice. Street Sense 1. And it's, is it easy to post a video and stuff? Pretty easy. I'm not, I, I struggled a little bit towards the end. And then Ralph sort of gave me some pointers and I'm doing better. But I mean, literally. You know, the thing about getting older, you got to keep moving forward. You oh, got to keep no learning, question. keep doing, or you're just going to no. fall over. So, as hard as this is sometimes, and the teaching part's the fun part for me, it's the tech stuff that sometimes yeah, I struggle well, that's, with. That's but these kids, they had a mouse in their hands at birth, right? Yeah, so, yeah. it's it's a whole different thing because they all got it maybe 45 minutes into the class, and I was still struggling at the end. But <laughs> I think I got them on content a little bit. I think I, I'm in front of that so far anyway, so that's we'll see. Yeah, yes. well, that's the whole idea anyway. Yeah, it's a theory. It's only theory. Somebody <laughs> cracks wise. Ask, how, many, how many derbies you covered, jackass? No, that's probably not good. The school probably wouldn't appreciate probably that. wouldn't appreciate saying it that way. But you know what? That's sometimes. I've covered 30. This will be 38. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're only behind me by, uh, let's count, 38. 38. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who haven't been keeping score of all of this, it's called Producing Kentucky Derby Stories. How much has it changed from the first derby you covered till now? Because, I mean, like, well, if you really look at question. the videos of the derbies way before that, mm-hmm. I mean, the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not remotely as big a to deal as it is now. Now it's become an event for people, which is interesting because that's what sports have become. Your thoughts on that, by the way. Like, when we were kids, I remember it was a big deal. Major League Baseball announced, you know, today the Tigers went over a thousand. I, I went over a million for their attendance for the year. And everyone's right, like, whoa, right, yay. Right, right. Now you can win 50 games and you get over a million because it's a thing to do. Mm-hmm. People, it's a day out at the park and they, you mm-hmm. know, and the park has all these festivities and giveaways. And so it, people go to sporting events that are not necessarily fans of the sport. In fact, That's there's fair. a lot of them. They That's probably fair. can't even name any of the players. Right. But it's a thing to do. You go out yes. and you have a drink. Because now it's not just go have a beer and a hot dog. Now they you have got anything it. you want. Yeah. yeah. So... Is that's what the derbies become to some degree? People come from all over the country that are not really horse race fans. Yes, that's very true. So that that's kind of where I was going to go with it, also. So when you talk to people on, let's say Oaks Day, those are mainly still locals. It's changed some, but it's mainly still is locals. It still, but Derby Day is almost exclusively out of towners. Really? Yes. I mean, you, you meet people from all over the planet, uh, and so I think it's become the thing to do on your bucket list. I had a friend come in a couple of years ago, and price wasn't an object. He paid like six grand for. Two tickets for each day for Oaks and Derby. Yeah, I know. It's gotten insane. But it has become sort of this 
it's transcended sports to your point and most people there are not you know hardcore handicappers hardcore horse racing guys that show up at turfway on a thursday night in january like i would do (laughs) so but that's good i mean it's fantastic the way but you know the sports at a crossroads because of all the negative publicity that's come along with all of this so those are the people who would affect very much people who are diehard horse players will keep playing but the casual fan may say well i'm not going to that anymore because like my wife was watching the other day (laughs) and they were running somewhere i don't know but it was snow. It was freezing. And sure. Woodbine, maybe? It might have been. She's, How are they making the horses run in there? That seems inhumane. You shouldn't be running in, in that kind of weather. And, and I was like, I don't think it's it's true. I mean, I don't imagine they would do something that would damage the horses, something like that. If it was that cold, they would cancel. But my point is, she would be one of those people, if it finally affected her, mm-hmm. where she'd say, well, this is ridiculous. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go watch that anymore. Right. And those are the people who wouldn't show. That is very worrisome. And that's something that's a hot push-button topic in the sport right now. You know, when it pours, I mean, a typhoon, let's say, or whatever, just heavy rain. Why are they racing and all that? Isn't it more dangerous? All good questions. And so it's at a crossroads, and then people of good minds have to get together in this sport. The problem is it's such a fractured sport. You've got individual uh, fiefdoms. Churchill Downs is its own place, and Kentucky is its own place running its own game. Delaware runs its own game. I mean, California, and, and they're having financial problems I mean, Santa Anita just cut purses for the second time this meet, and it just started Christmas Day, the day after Christmas. Wow, did they really? California does not have expanded gaming. So the the thing we're enjoying here with um, historical horse racing and sports betting, that's why Churchill they don't just have raised— either of those out there? No. Wow. That's why, I mean, Churchill that's just raised— unbelievable to I me. know. I mean, Derby's up to $5 million now for a purse. And at the— Years ago, they were going to raise the purse kicking and screaming and finally said, we don't have to. It's the Kentucky Derby. They'll come if it's worth a dollar because of the prestige. But they have so much money now. And now by by raising the purse to $5 million, the, the Kentucky Derby is in the top 10 of richest races in the world, which shows you how far behind they were when it was $3 million before. But now the winner gets $3 million. Last year, the purse was $3 million. So you get 60% of that. Now... The winner gets $3.1 million. Now we're talking. I mean, but Dubai still got the biggest one, $20 million. So Dubai, whatever it is. <laughs> Saudi, the Saudi Cup comes up later this month. Yeah. That's, I mean. $20 million. So the winner gets 60% of that. The golf tour and that, they just they just printing money over there. Right. So people have got to decide for themselves that we have to do something better. They shouldn't, in my personal opinion, they shouldn't be running. If there's any, when it's sloppy, I mean, it's an honest question. What, Regardless of the safety of it, which is a huge issue, in other words, does it pass the look test? And that's where you're going with your wife. And I don't blame her for that. And that, they're running in snow. Well, harness horses are hardy as can be. They can, and, and Canada's known for harness racing, and they race, they race on ice in Montreal. They literally race on the ice on the snow and it's fine because they are such a hardy breed they race once a week thoroughbreds are not so woodbine which races in the winter time in toronto uh, has a uh, tapeta course so the fake dirt and that has helped a lot in terms of not the, the course not freezing because in dirt especially if there's any moisture in the air at all it it's nine degrees yeah. outside it'll freeze and they can't race on it and they don't so it's uh, uh, Turfway is in the same position where they can now race all winter long and have a much better chance of not having to cancel. What do they by have? Bad weather. They What's have a. The, tup, uh, I'm not sure if it's tapeta or not, but it's something like so, they have in yeah, Toronto. Fake dirt. Yes. Wow. Very very interesting. But the the look test is a big deal in this sport right yeah, now. Well, with good reason. Oh, in Saratoga, there were a couple of breakdowns this summer. Graphic near the finish line, right in front of everyone, and it was horrible. And this is from a track in, in Naira, which is known to be pretty proactive in trying to keep things safe. So. 
and there have been lots of research, and there continues to be lots of research about what we're going to do about this and you know what is really causing all of these things. And not all the answers are out there yet. Hopefully, we're going to get some, and hopefully then they'll do something about it. They have one challenge, and we'll get off horse racing because there's so many other things to talk about. But I just you're you know you're so knowledgeable and so passionate about it, and I have the layperson's thoughts. You know, like I'm somebody who's thinks all sports are kind of like running my Stratomatic League, where they're little cards, and I can make anybody play anytime I want, and I don't have to worry about unions and contracts, injuries, and all sorts of injuries, <clears throat> and all sorts of other things. Right. But um, the problem with horse racing, to me, as it looks right now, is they. You just can't get people to have a prolonged interest in it because there's no value in running the horse. The idea is to run them as infrequently as you can and get them in the breeding barn. That's that. Get them off the track as soon as you can. Right. And so those days of 70, 80 years ago where people would follow horses quick because he'd run 60 races. Seabiscuit. They, they, how do you follow yes. anybody? They, they race for six weeks and then they come back maybe, not all of them, maybe, they come back for one more go around in Breeders' Cup or right. if you're really lucky, they'll run the Triple Crown and then they'll run like Travers or one of the summer sweepstakes, one of the summer stakes, and then they'll go, and that's it. Yeah. And how do you get interest in that. It you doesn't don't. make any sense. And for California, I'll give you another example. Like, all of the Triple Crown is 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 concentrated east of the Mississippi. I mean, there's no other real sport that is not looking exact opposite. The NFL's going to Europe, going to Brazil, for God's sake. And horse racing, if they really wanted to help, maybe they would, like the Triple Crown races, why not race, race rotate them? Why not have one in California? I mean, you Well, know, because Churchill owns the Kentucky Derby. All right, well, that one makes and sense. the Preakness is yeah, owned too bad. by Pimlico. Well, I mean... And the Belmont's owned by Naira, well, that's the New York Racing well, okay, Association. okay, so then, you know what? Clutch to your one slice of pie that's falling apart. Well, and, no, no, I mean, yeah, but, but the Breeders' Cup is out well, in California well, a lot. I know, but that's my point, is I was going to say, when you talk about the people who really love the sport, that's the one they show up for. I was amazed. When the Breeders' Cup mm-hmm. was here at yeah. Churchill Downs, yeah. I went and sat down at a table up in the room upstairs and was just having a, a, a cup of coffee or something. And four people were sitting there. It was, you know, it was crowded enough so you had to share a table. We started talking. They could, quote, you know, buyer speed figures of who's mm-hmm. in the second race from mm-hmm. horses from South Africa, Correct. for goodness sake. And it was like, and that's all. And they all were like that. I mean, right. it was not Derby. You get a guy. I always wanted to come because sure. my Uncle Joe yeah. came and he yeah. said it was great. And, you know, it's very different. Well, thing it's on the short list. I mean, the Indy 500. Help me with this. You got the Super Bowl. You got the Derby. You've got uh, the World Series. It's the Indy sh- 500 and the Masters. And, yeah. The Masters. In terms of individual events. Yeah. Yeah. You get Masters. Such so a short list. And yeah. so, yeah, for a lot of people, it is a bucket thing. Now. So the Breeders' Cup, what I love about it is it is for the horse fan. These are 16 or so all-star races. The uh, best of the best. It's the best. They have. I know the uh, respect. If you're listening out there, Darren and Churchill love you, but you guys have hosted it. The nine best times. day of racing is... The best now two days of racing yes. is the Breeders' Cup. I, I hope they get it back soon. I mean, it's because I think it's at Del Mar the next two years, which I was really surprised about. Small track, kind of the size of Keeneland. Beautiful place, right on the ocean. Gorgeous. Gorgeous taking the, the train down from L.A. You're right on the Pacific Ocean the entire way. It's beautiful. But I like to see it move around a lot more. And there's talk of it going back to Belmont after the... Uh, the, it's not just a renovation. They've torn down the old grandstand, and they're building a new one. So Saratoga will host the Belmont Stakes the next two years, which is exceptionally cool. Saratoga's hosting the Belmont? Yes. I did not know that. Yes, the next two years. It's, it's on a special weekend of racing. 
at Saratoga. They normally are just open for about six weeks between like July 15th yes. and Labor Day. So now they're going to have a special weekend on that. I think it's the second weekend in June this year. Whatever. Yeah, June. Five weeks after 8th, the dirty. 9th, 10th, somewhere around yeah, there, whatever it is. And um, I think it's three So days. they're going to open just for that? Yep. And then close back up and yep. then open for their regular summer meet? Yep. I didn't. How did I not know that? That's a total bucket list thing for me. The tickets so are going to be outrageous. I mean, you've been there. You know how big the grandstand is at Belmont? It's massive. So they're tearing it down? Yeah. And, and, and you know why they are? One. Because the dealer must stick on uh, uh, the dealer must hit on soft seventeen and must hit uh, must hit on soft seventeen because all the casino money that's where all that money uh, is. Now they're they are. Have you taken a look at the the numbers? No, it'll blow your mind. I mean, because Aqueduct is part of Naira, right? Yes, of yeah. course. Yes, they. Pre- that's why they're I'm, racing I'm make, right now. I'm making numbers up just yeah. for the sake of argument, right? Because this is way off. But when they did their projection, when they went to turn into a racino. Mm-hmm. They projected they would make, I don't know, making, again, making a number up, which is not rooted in any kind of fact, just to make the point. $10 million. Okay? That's what they thought they'd make in a year. Right. In the first quarter, they made like $25 million. Right. Same thing in Kentucky. <laughs> the, the estimates before, before sports betting here, I mean, I, I talked to the guys in the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. They're like, yeah. And again, making up numbers for a second. They said, let's say $25 million. Whatever they budgeted for the year, they got in the first quarter. That's what, So they got all this money. So, hey, oh let's gosh. rip the grandstand down. What the hell? But, I, you know, when I see that, I'm happy well, because theoretically, it was supposed to help horse racing. And so you're seeing that when something like that happens, it is. And when you go to Kentucky oh, yeah. Downs, you're seeing it. It's oh, yeah. oh, my God, that place has become yes. just, from when we first started going there to now, it's not even, night and day doesn't even do I drove, just drove by there uh, last weekend. I had to go down to Memphis to visit my daughter, Gracie, and I always try to look over. If I have time, I like to stop and look yeah, at it. Right. I like it so much. Uh, it is so cool a place, but it's become, I mean, the buildings have become exponential. I mean, remember the old days, there was like one little building. Yeah, there was there. one tiny little old obsolete yes. building, basically. Yes. Yeah. And now, now it's, it's like a whole uh, city. I'm dying to see the harness track they built. That's what I want to go take Cumberland a Falls. See. Yeah. yeah, I really want to go also. Yeah, yeah. Go, go see that. Now it's the same owners, right? Yes. And you know, they told me, and you should ask to do this because I know you'd like to do this. They actually said, because my, one of my bucket list things is I'd like to call a race. And they said that they'll let me do that. Wow. And I asked Paul, I said, do you wow. think I could do it? He said, how big is it? And I think it's a five-eighths or a half-mile. He said, if it's a half-mile. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. He said, thoroughbreds, I wouldn't I wouldn't even recommend it there. Right. Like it's Belmont, so they look like they're away. in New Jersey. I exactly. mean, I don't know how those guys, I honestly don't know how they call that. I've only called one race and it was completely by accident. You did? I may, Where? I may have told you this story now. I don't know. Uh, it was Derby Week, and I want to say it was Oaks Day. This is like 10, 12 years ago. My God, ago. you had to call a race on Oaks Day? So... We're covering every race, and all day long coverage, and all of that, and we lost the audio during the race at the very beginning of the race. Oh my! It was like the fifth race on the Oaks card kind Doesn't of thing. Matter. I'm down on the rail, and they break into my earpiece. Talk, call a race. <laughs> no, now, I luckily, I've this. got the form in front of me. Oh, but I, I mean, in that those days, they didn't have the massive oh. TV on the backside, and I'm like, you know, and, and I had a number of investments in this race. <laughs> And as it turns out, the horse that I bet pretty heavily on won. So as it, they, oh, they turned from sounded very and excited. my horse is winning. Did you say that? Yes. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was a once in a lifetime deal. And yes, that's and my horse wins. Well, I forgot the name. I, of if horse. I get to do the race at Cumberland, all due respect, I don't think I'm going to say that. If I might, no, win. it was a total fun thing. I mean, I, I was the one thing I have learned about, especially live TV. Be honest with the audience. That's true. So I'm like, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll take they, a shot at this. You weren't prepared We've just to lost do that. audio. Right. We're going to take a shot at this. I, I can see because I can see. I, and we've got a little monitor like this oh. big. 
So, I mean, I'm saying three inches by three inches. So I can't see hardly anything. Oh, my God. And down low like that, you can't really see it. Now, you know, especially with the buildings they put up in the infield, it's hard to see across. Oh, I wouldn't even know what was going on back there. Oh, gosh. It was funny, though. I I had more fun. I've told you this story a number of times. So I'm going to tell it again because I just, I find it so entertaining. There was a racetrack on Long Island, which was very well attended back in the day called Roosevelt Raceway. Oh, yeah. I was there many times. 25,000 people on a weekend routinely. And it was a night out. They'd get dressed up. They'd have dinner. And there was a, a, an announcer there named Jackie Lee. He Jack, was great. Jackie he spoke, was fantastic. Jackie smoked, I don't know, maybe four and a half packs a day. <laughs> so Jackie's voice was like this. And he was, true. Uh, That's very true. And he was a half mile track. And there was a, a, uh, um, a driver named, I think his name was... Ray Jean Daniel. Daniel. That does French, sound familiar. He's a French guy. I know yeah. that. I think it was him. There might have been another one. Because, as you know, harness racing is big in Canada and in, yeah. in French can. Hervé Fillon, one of the all time winners. Hervé, though, but you're right. But, uh, yes, Carmine Abatello. Another example. I go back. Yeah. So, so, so Ray Jean Daniel is, is, right, is driving. And evidently, what made me think of it is because you said you had an investment in it. <laughs> evidently, Jackie had an investment. Oh, no. So I'm making names up just for the sake of right. telling the story. People yeah. have heard me tell it before. So he's, he's a announcing and like he says and they turn for home and it's cell phone and mouse cell phone and mouse hey go head to head down the stretch it's cell phone and here comes mouse and mouse wins it and then he and mouse wins it and he's supposed to turn the mic off because right. he says mouse wins it and right. he forgets to right. Right. and he says and the blanket frenchman screws me again <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's driving the other horse and old track use him and the blanket frenchman frenchman screws me again oh that's hysterical yeah, I was damn entertaining. If we ever do that down at Cumberland, uh, I probably won't bet that race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I think calling races is exceptionally hard, especially a big field like Thoroughbreds 12. Oh, Lord, yes. Turfway, they do it almost every race now, which is wonderful. As, as for a the wager. better, not so good for the announcer. Exactly. And it's hard. I mean, oh, you know, I and conditions are not always great, I so you're having trouble seeing hard. across in the wintertime. Well, my, one of my favorites is, was, who was doing it in New York? Was Larry Colmus? Might have been. The, or it might have been the guy before him, the guy who retired, um, Tom Durkin. Mm-hmm, sure. They came around the turn, and he couldn't see them. The, the fog was so thick. What did he say? Dusty, he said, and... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> see, people, I think, can embrace that, right? Well, you couldn't. You couldn't possibly see. You couldn't lie. Oh, you, right, and, 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 and they turned it for home. And I don't have a clue. I have no idea. That's pretty good. All right, we'll take a break. We're at the bottom of the hour. Your text coming in. We'll work some of those. Uh, last night, but by the way, Jason Kelsey has announced his retirement, and uh, I like the Kelseys. As you know, I'm rooting for those two crazy kids. You know, they're dating. You know, Travis Kelsey, and and I don't know if you heard about that. No, Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. really. Yes. It's been in all the papers <laughs> unless i was in a cave right no 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 i, I think i'm i'm up with that story so we'll <laughs> but uh, we'll take a uh, what the poor eagles man they had such a what the start heck? to what the happened season to and they just they just imploded absolutely. somebody made the point that the guy who's coaching the colts shane steichen was their offensive coordinator last year hmm. and went to the Colts and did a hell of a job with the Colts. Did a great job. And the guy they took over started the year and, you know, he was doing okay. There was a lot of things that carried over. But, th- you know, that's true in any sport, especially in the NFL. It's what you do as the year progresses, what kind of adjustments do you mm-hmm. make? And they said they just didn't make great adjustments and they struggled. And wow. uh, and they, they only, you know, started to feed on itself. It was a train wreck. And, oh, it really was unbelievable. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. ESPN 680 and 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. 
with Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Texas is watching Kelsey finish his career last night was tough to see. Apparently he checked himself out of the last minute of the game. Um, he was, you know, it's weird is, you know, you don't know the names of offensive linemen unless they make a mistake because then the announcer says holding sure. number 68 and then his, his right. picture comes up and right. his name's up right. there. But last night, they kicked the extra point. They were down 16-9. The Eagles kicked the extra point. There was a penalty. So now they get the ball on the one-yard line instead of where they mm-hmm. were. And so the Eagles took the point off and said, we're going to go for two, which, you know, has been their trademark this year. They're the ones that originated the tush push, you know, where mm-hmm. the quarterback gets it. And, mm-hmm. they, and they showed the replay, and the battle is whoever gets l- lower Low man wins. Right. And so he's going right behind the center, and Kelsey got beat by whoever was lined up opposite him. The guy got lower than he did right away, and that threw the whole thing off, and and Hurt couldn't get the traction he needed, and he didn't get in. And I thought, my God, the poor guy in his last game, the one place where a a lineman can get his glory is is a play like that, and uh, and, uh, didn't make it happen there. His entire career with the Eagles, too, I've always liked that. Uh, going back to the Yankees and all that, like Mickey. Oh, Mayer, yeah. There's like just Phil Simms with the Giants. Um, By the way, of all people, because Paul Rogers is not the biggest baseball fan, but he told me on the last trip, I don't know if you've seen this, there's a documentary on Yogi Berra's life. Have you seen it? No. It's, it was in the theaters. It was a theatrical release. And it, well, I guess it was not in many theaters and it wasn't for long, but now it's on Netflix. Is it a biopic or what is it? It's hard to describe. It's a, no, it's not like a- More ter- like a documentary? Yeah, it's a di- his granddaughter, Lindsay, who's very active in social media, and uh, she was the executive producer, but everybody and their brother speaks in it. Mm. Uh, you know, it was done a while ago. Some of these people, unfortunately, have passed now, but it's got all ex-Yankee players. Oh, really? And um, I can't list them all, and, and, and broadcast and footage of him playing and interviews with him and it's a and it's a it makes you it made me cry at the end a little bit because it's it's really uh it's really good i think it's i think it's called uh it ain't over except that i'll I'll do a spoiler for you they at the end it by they go through the list of everybody joe torrey and vin scully and ron guidry and they're all saying hey don't forget yogi it ain't over till it's over and they get to costas and costas says well 
it's over. He said, uh, you know, he says, you can use me last, okay? I mean, I'm not lobbying for it, but I'm just saying, you can use me last. It's it was over. funny, because yeah. that, that was it. That's how the movie ended. It's over. Wow. So, uh, but well, it's really good. What's the famous good. picture of Yogi? Is five rings? On one on oh, he's got more than that. He's got, he won 11 he's rings. He's oh, got, really? Oh, yeah. So he's, he's, got, got, so he's, got finger, he's got both hands filled with rings. That's, That's why he used to give Jeter all sorts of... It's great, because they, you know, he was a a player's player. They, they had fun with him. He, he was... It, it, it's also it talks about what a great human being he was. They talked to uh, Jackie Robinson's descendants, and they said that he was one of the first guys to welcome him to the big leagues. Larry Doby, who's a name some of you don't know, Jackie Robinson, most of you do, but Larry Doby was the first black player in the American League, and he said that Yogi was the first one who said, "You know, welcome to the big leagues, kid. You know, and good luck." And and Aww. and, uh, and he oh, loved cool. to talk to everybody, but he would talk. You know, they would needle each other too. So Jeter came along, and Yogi, and they would talk to him. And Jeter would say to him, "Yeah, Yogi, you won all those championships, but you know, because Jeter won five, and Yogi mm-hmm. won eleven. Right. And he said, "But my, you know, my five are equal to like fifteen with all the rounds of playoffs we have to play." Ah. And so Yogi said, "Well, that's good. Why don't you come over, and I'll take out my eleven rings. We can t- discuss it over coffee." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah, and so, so Gita said he just kind of slinked away, and that was the end of that. So it's it's really good. It's funny Uh-oh. and it's entertaining. It's heartwarming, and uh, it's really good. Hmm. So check it out. Check it out. Netflix. It's called. Uh, it's uh, it's not over. I think Billy Crystal's in it. Of course. Um, yeah, Casas and Billy Crystal, who are the biggest Yankee fans, right? Yeah, pretty much. They're pretty good. But both big Mickey Mantle fans too. Yes, and, and doesn't Casas still carry a, his working oh, card? Oh, Mantle's card in his wallet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a really whether you're a Yankee fan or not. Um, you know, you realize what starts it is. I'll just tell you this because this is not a spoiler, and then I promise we'll get off it. But. They did a thing in 2015, I guess. It was when the All-Star Game was at Great American Ballpark, which I think was about that time. So I'm, I'm, I'm close one way or another. And they introduced the four greatest living ballplayers. And they introduced Henry Aaron and Johnny Bench and Sandy Koufax and... Um, Willie Mays? No. Yeah, I guess it was Willie Mays. I don't know. But Lindsay says, I realize I'm biased, but... How was Grandpa not included in that? And then they do a graphic, and it's it's hard when you see it. I mean, this this was a guy who would hit, um, I don't know, in a year, he'd bat three-something, hit 29 home runs, and for the whole season would strike out 12 times. That's not an exaggeration. 12 times. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and... They, they took the numbers. He had won individually more World Series than the other four had combined. Wow. He had more home runs than everybody except, I think, like... Uh, uh, well, yeah, but mo- he had more postseason home runs. He made... He won an MVP. And there was a 10-year stretch. He won the, the MVP four times, finished second three times, third once, and fourth once. Nobody's wow. had a stretch like that. I mean, it, it's, but, you know, the problem was it's when perception becomes reality. Mm-hmm. Is he was a... He didn't mind being the butt of jokes. It was goofy you know they they made the cartoon yogi bear mm-hmm. based on him which he didn't really like by mm-hmm. the way which really? is, no he didn't particularly appreciate that mm-hmm. but the rest of it he didn't care about you know and he, and he would he would play up i had him on my show once and he was i could see why people fell in love with him he was so charming and so funny and he had that great line which he knew would make me laugh because it made everybody else laugh he, you know i didn't really say half the stuff i said 
you know, that's it's a perfect yogiism. It doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense. <laughs> that's him. the whole thing. It's it, he, I know what he meant. I didn't say half the stuff I said. It, and so I said to him, this has been great. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I would love to come to your museum, but I'm only going to come if you will give me a personal tour. Like like I'm asking Yogi Berra. To give me a, he said, absolutely. Tell me when you're going to. You know the truth? Aww. Honest to God, if I called him, I swear to you, I think he would have given me a personal tour. I was saying it to be a wise so he, ass. Is it really a museum? Oh, there's a Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra Museum. In, and in New Jersey. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Go look it up. And it's supposed to be really where good. Where in Jersey? Do you know? Montclair, I think. Nice. Yeah. Is he from there originally? Or? Well, that's where he made his living. That's where his house after he... Gotcha. Yeah, from the Yankees. Gotcha. And, gotcha. Uh, it's a great love story between he and his wife, Carmen. Uh, it's it's really... It's just... It's a great... It's a real... You got some crap on your TV, then this will make you feel better. Nice. This is an uplifting thing. That's so, nice they, to hear because there isn't enough of that around yeah, anymore. No, it's really good. It's very, very good. You like the baseball even or not. doesn't matter. It's very entertaining so you're going to carolina going to carolina how do you feel about my mind how do i feel physically how do i feel about this game physically i feel good the game not so good because i believe that they are the best team in the acc and i don't think it's close i think carolina is really really on a roll they just beat they just handed syracuse the worst loss syracuse has had since they joined the acc they beat them it was 102 to 64 or something and it could have been worse they called off the dogs uh last year you know their journey's been a strange one they were hubert davis got the job in his first year almost won the national championship Mm -hmm. looked like they were going to and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they got caught in the final game after they had a big lead and so people thought they were going to be great last year and they didn't even make the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because they had a bad mix of personnel. And they um, they addition by subtraction, for lack of a better word. And now they got enough of those guys back. They added some pieces. And this team has not only great talent like they had last year, but a much better chemistry. And Baycott's great, and they, they're good. They're really, really good. Now, Duke could catch them hmm. because they're so young. They have so many freshmen that as the season's gone along, we're seeing them get better. Maybe they'll catch them. But beyond that, I don't see anybody in their class right now. Nobody. One That's, more question, then i got to go. Um, if you were king for a day, if you were the athletic director, what would you do about Kenny? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, right now I think that if you ask me, like he had to make a decision like the season ended today. No, let's take it right now. What, what would you I would, do? I would do. You're, you're I would do listen, I like Josh, so it's going to sound like I'm, I'm being mm-hmm. a Josh apologist, but you can't just do, you know, react to every. Uh, it, 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 let's put it this way: if we reacted to everything that just went on in public discourse. Rick Pitino would have cut Luke Hancock loose after about uh, five weeks because they hated the kid. How? What's he doing here? He has no right being here. Yep. He played a George Mason. You got to see it through. Now, that case, it panned out. Do I think it's going to pan out for Kenny? I, it doesn't look very promising, but that's not the point. The point is... Josh came out and said, look, you know, I'm not going to do anything right now. And what's to be gained by, by doing it right There's now? I don't see right anything now. that would be gained by Me now. Neither. So I, I would let it play out till the end of the year. But I think that in fairness, and I love Kenny to pieces, I really, really do. He's one of my favorite people. Um, but I think, I think that um, unless it got 
almost unbelievably better. They'll probably. And the reason I say that is because, as I said many times on the show, and you and I have talked about it, as much as we love it, it's intercollegiate sports, it's business. It's, it's big business. business. And they're not making any money oh, because no, the place no. is empty. And, and I'm sure they're getting pressure, to be honest with you, from businesses sure. in the area. Because if you started a business a few years ago and think, hey, man, I'm still opening this business because we're going we're to have 18, 19, 20,000 people coming in here sure. every week. And now you're getting 5,000 people. Right. I'm sure they're saying, hey, you know what? You told me that you were going to have a good program and you don't. And then I even wonder if the people who are making investment in NIL are having second thoughts. Sure. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it's just a business decision. It's it's nothing about it's nothing personal, as they would say. But it's sure. but I think it becomes a business decision. I but at its peak, uh, they pulled in twenty eight million dollars a year. Yeah. And I'm sure it's nowhere. Just the basketball program. And I'm not sure it's. In, no, no oh, my gosh. It's not. Yeah. You can't. How could it possibly be anywhere no, close to that? No, I know. I, mean, I agree. With I you. mean, so so that's the, the catch. But I will say this to me. You know, it's one of the great things. Like, my brother wanted a shot clock for years in basketball. And then he won a game in the ACC tournament, 42-38. And the press asked him, how can you do that if you want a shot clock? And he's like... Funny thing, as human beings, we can keep two thoughts in our minds simultaneously. <laughs> I'd like a shot clock, but as we don't have one right now, that was the best way for us to win. So that's how I feel about this. Is do I th- people want to yell at me? Oh, you're apologizing. I'm not apologizing for anybody. I, I'm saying I wouldn't do anything right now, and I'm going to root for them to win because the kids seem nice, and I like Kenny. I agree. Having said that, you know, if the if, odds if, are against them, the odds are against them. That's sums that's it fair. up. That's that, that's the way I look yeah. at that. Safe travels. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I'm he's going. Where? Tell everybody where you're going. Going to Bloomington here in just a little while. Uh, Indiana's hosting Purdue tonight at nice. seven, and uh, obviously a huge rivalry. And Purdue was number one, um, and I still think is the favorite to win the national championship. I mean, Edie's just amazing. No, oh. he's what a player. Gee whiz, it's like he should have already been in the NBA by now. He could have been had he chosen. Uh, exactly. So. Um, the odds are against IU, but you know, at home, Indiana is a different team than when it's on the road, and rightfully so, given that environment. So, I, I'm anticipating you know a packed house and you know hearing their song a million times and a lot of that. It'll be fun. So I'm so that, that gives an idea of, of the viewership that you have in Southern Indiana, though. I mean, the Indiana fans, because for you to drive all the way up there, oh yeah, no, 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 yeah, it's a two-hour drive, no matter how you cut it. Um, it's it. IU is a distant third if you take the whole market into play in terms of ratings, but it's a strong number as a body of work. They do very well. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, there's no question. It's funny, the dynamic here, you got the river, you got, you know, Kentucky on one side, Indiana on the other. So the, the polarization of fans, although there are a lot of Louisville fans in southern Indiana, but the amazing amount of IU fans right, you know, what, half a mile across the Ohio River. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things, one of the charms I've always felt about this town, that everybody can somehow get along with each other, even though they're piled on top of each other. Yeah. And sometimes it gets testy, but we've all figured out a way so far. To make all right. Work. Well, you travel safe. Right back at you, my And friend. I'll see you next week. Yes, sir. Professor. See you next Tuesday. Yes, sir. The professor was with us here today. Texter says, you're dancing, Bob. So you just, unless I come out, he's got to go. He should go tomorrow. We should go to his office and push him down a hill. I mean, that's unless I say that, then meet you dancing. Okay, sir. Or ma'am, or sir or madam, however you identify. Um, we don't need a break, I don't think. No, we don't. So we're, we're here. Oh, by the way, I'm going to, uh, you know, take a little bow. Did you do a, did you do a Santa Claus bet? I did not yesterday because I had a, a couple of parlays going on with the uh, football games. And collectively, um, the state of Pennsylvania can politely go have sex with itself in the corner because they ruined everything. Eagles, Steelers, not so helpful. Not what? a big fan of the. Why don't state you throw a shekel on the Penguins and, and the Sixers and just? I, I mean, at this clean point, out. 
So rather disappointed with uh, the fine state of Pennsylvania. Well, I'm going to tell you that yesterday, if you were listening, this is the, the, the fourth, I think. No, the fifth spontaneous parlay. And so, uh, yeah, I'm taking a bow for having made a very tasty bean pie. And uh, yes, no, it's good. And for hitting this parlay, which uh, was now the fifth parlay I've done and the fourth one I've won. And it was a Wagner who won. And then I was killing the Ivies. Princeton, Cornell, and Yale. And wisely avoided the Harvard game. I wasn't sure about that. I thought about it, stayed away, and I would have got that wrong because I probably would have taken Harvard, and they lost. So Princeton, Cornell, and Yale, and then St. Joe's, they looked so good against Kentucky. And the one that really made me nervous was Boston College against Notre Dame because BC has not been a brand basketball name, and Notre Dame has, but Notre Dame's fallen on some hard times, although they played better than I think people thought they were going to so far this year. So was not sure where that would go, but I said, I'm, you know, you got to take a chance somewhere in there. You won't make anything. And so um, uh, we took BC and won. So it was a one, two, three, four, five, six team parlay. And uh, got, a win- got winners there. So we'll do another one later today. Uh, there they are right there, staring me right in the face. Uh, but the uh, the Kentucky one uh, cost me that parlay over the weekend. I did win with them the, the 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 one of the parlays before. Like I said, this is the fifth parlay. Spun. I like it. It's fun. It's fun for starters, and I don't suggest you know that you're investing your mortgage payment on it. But um, we've done okay with it. So it's the it's the it was the fifth one we've done, and we won four. And the one we lost was because Kentucky lost in overtime at uh, Texas uh, A&M, and I'm sure the little Wolf fans are saying, see, that's what you get for betting on the Cats. But the week before, I'd won with them. I took Kentucky. The only game I took the, the points, I, Rutgers laid the points. I just felt good about that, and they won. Yale, I'm telling you, I should be the official Ivy handicapper. <laughs> Yale, Auburn, and Creighton. I've just always had a fascination with Ivy basketball. I interviewed for the Yale job when I was a young man. So... Uh, um, I've always had a. It's just there, a great affection for um, the combination that they do. I, I, there was a guy named who used to be the coach at Brown. Not one of you will recognize his name. It's a Long Island guy named Mike Singheiser, and he said uh, that people say, "Oh, we don't have any commitment to sports here," and he said that's a bunch biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard. And I was like, "Wow, why do you say that?" He said because. You know, we sponsor, and this is true if you look it up, they sponsor like 37 different varsity sports. They had two different field hockey teams. I didn't realize that. Field hockey's played differently in certain parts of the world. They used to, and I don't think it's true anymore, but they used to have two field hockey teams. And he said, and we don't make money that they're making, you know, they, they, they sponsor sports and they're paying for it with their 100,000 seat or football stadiums or their basketball the TV contracts. He said, we're sponsoring all those sports for men, all those sports for women. We're not, we're not making jack squat compared to what they are. So look, don't talk to me about commitment to sports. We have more of a commitment to sports than they do because we're out there bankrolling all this stuff. And I was like, wow, Mike, that was strong and eloquent. That was strong and eloquent. Yeah, very good. I've been called that before. I don't think so. Nope. Um, IU hosting Purdue is on Peacock, so I guess I will miss it. Yeah, well, that's that was a big article about that. 
a big and you know what i got news for you you are right they are flexing their broadcast muscles there was an article yesterday don't remember where it was might have been forbes i don't know where it was about the nfl taking a playoff game and putting it on behind a a a paywall right you got to pay for peacock it's not free and and so there were there were people couldn't watch a playoff game. And I believe is the first time that's happened. And somebody said, "I got bad news for you. This is the way of the future." And you know why it may be because of something that Tony Kornheiser wrote about years ago. When uh, Nick would know this because he's a hockey fan, they they shut down hockey for a whole year, and the reason they did is because the people who ran the sport looked at their game and said, "You know what?" We can't squeeze any more blood out of that stone. We're selling every inch of the dasher board there is to sell. All the people that are fans of the sport are already showing up in our cities. There's no demand for us on television right now. So unless you as players are willing to make some concessions, we ain't playing. And and that was what ultimately it came down to, is that there was no new source of revenue that could make a difference in the sport and it's changed now. Their TV deal is more in demand, and but the point being, that's what you're seeing with these sports right now. You say how much more? I mean, the NFL's almost printing money, but you know it's never enough, and there are always more expenses, and there's always more concern, and and so they say, well, where are we going to get new sources of revenue? And so that's one of them is to say, oh, well, yeah, we're not going to give our product away anymore. We're not putting it on free TV. Everybody wants to see it's going to have to pay for it, and that's why you should tip your hat to. Adam Silver. If you don't like the NBA, that's your business. Never here to tell you to like or dislike whatever you want to, but unless it's not illegal or harming people. But but he said, and I know this, that ESPN has a pretty lucrative deal in place with the NBA. And one of the conditions when they signed that deal was Adam Silver said the finals must be on ABC. They must be on a free network. And even though ESPN, in many people's minds, is free, it's part of your basic cable package, even though it's got to be on broadcast where everybody who wants to see it can see it. Nobody is going to pay to watch our finals. You go, Adam. That's what I'm talking about. You also kind of like him because he's replied to you a few times. Yes, he has. He's my Facebook friend, although he hasn't responded anymore. Uh, can you ask him to let there be an NBA team in Louisville? Yeah, I, already, I did. That was, one of the, that was the first time I got away with him. What did he say? He sent a very generic answer, like I'm aware of, you know, and that was the end of that. Um, Texas said, I got news for all those people who are complaining about having to pay for Peacock to watch a playoff game. You probably watch the other games on cable and satellite, and you're paying for those. True. But, you know, but it's a new revenue stream. That's the whole point. They're going to be looking at putting it on Home and Garden Network or someplace that you won't get as part of your your basic cable situation. Um, Let's go. What is this here? We got a suggested... Did you know? Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, I think. Don't you? Did you see this story? When was this written? This was written just a couple days ago, so I don't know when it happened. I thought Miss America used to be a, a, a fall thing. U.S. Air Force Officer Madison Marsh wins the 2024 Miss America competition. Really? 
You can achieve anything. Marsh is a second lieutenant in the U.S. Air Force, the first active duty Air Force officer to be crowned Miss America. And she is, as you'd guess, a, a, a right handsome woman. Uh, picture, she's beautiful. And she's wow. also. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, how about that? And she's in the military. And she's, yeah, she's an officer in the military. Maybe she just commanded them to let her win. <laughs> vote for me. Oh! <laughs> now vote. Ho, oh, oh. ho! It'd be a real shame if someone carpet bombed this, this amphitheater. <laughs> oh, man. She's an Air Force pilot. Oh, yeah. That's the picture of her getting in her plane. Yeah. Very okay, impressive. that's pretty Very awesome. impressive story. Yeah, no question. By the way, I learned something, by the way. About your girl. And I'll tell you how it came about before you think I'm stalking your secret crushes. Wait, what? Who's my girl? Oh, you love Grace Potter. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Grace Potter and the Nocturnals was her band, yeah. which she um, has left because uh, she was married to the drummer. They started the band together and they got divorced. She's been remarried. She has a kid with a new beau. But I'll tell you why I got involved in that, because we were watching TV last night, and there was a show, a theme song on another show, and your mother, who frequently loves to identify people, I love her to pieces, incorrectly, said, I think that's the same woman who sang the theme for Frankie and Grace and Frankie, Frankie and Grace, the show with uh, uh, Jane Fonda and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomlin. So I looked it up, and I said, no, no, that was sung by, oh, Grace Potter. Nick loves Grace Potter. So I said, well, let's do a little deep dive into Grace Potter. Grace Potter's first group was called Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Right. Do you know why? If you know this, I'll be impressed. Uh, I know something you don't know now. I don't. Grace Potter and the Nocturnals started in Vermont. They met and where they went to college together. She and the guy who became her husband was the drummer in the group. And the only time they would be allowed to rehearse at the club was at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's the only time they gave them. So they called themselves the Nocturnals. So, because they would play at 2 a.m. play at 2 a.m. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I Grace like that. Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. I saw them live um, in Atlanta. Um, uh, Coke Zero does that concert series um they do for the final four and they did it in um what centennial park or whatever olympic olympic park, park yeah they they did it there oh, it was what's it centennial park? i know the one you mean i don't know yeah, the name, it was yeah. a hell of a lineup they had they had that's where um, i was afraid you're gonna get killed though well because it got really like crowded yeah, they was, let I've too never, many people in they, i've they, never i've never been in an event like that where people were kind I mean, of you could have been if they pushed you against the fence that's how people get killed yeah no it was a little i, I have no idea how my friend god bless him had like front row seats to see sting went to get two beers and got back to said seats in that throng of that's people. ridiculous i have no idea how he did that but god bless him he was a massive sting fan uh but yeah they had like dave matthews they had sting um, they had Grace Potter um, and the Nocturnals, and she put on one hell of a live show. Let me tell you. Yeah, she's, she looked, she she, she organized her doing it too. Yeah, she's a pretty girl. She she also puts together her own music festival in Vermont that she headlines every year. But last year or whenever she didn't headline the first time because she let uh, Fish headline it because when she grew up she was a big Fish fan. So, nice. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I'm learning all sorts of stuff about Grace Potter. So, uh, oh. do we have to have a guy state his business? No, it's fine. It's intern Max. Yeah, so what's he doing? We got to give him a, a, a nickname. Max, well, Max, he's, Maxwell he's, Smart. Maxis Interruptus? What's he doing in there? Maximus. Maxis Interruptus. 
That's going to be his name. Text in uh, nicknames. No, for I, I would create my own. Sorry, Maximus. Very proprietary about that. Maximum overdrive. All right, we are one hour in the books, and. Um, and Neil Knuckles Greenberg joining a little early this week at one thirty. Okay. Talk some NFL playoffs with him. Zach Osterman joining two fifteen. It's a preview IU and uh, Purdue. All right. Sounds like a program. And then I'm, I, I, is 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 uh, Phil here? Could he possibly do this? Because if not, I don't know. I'm not going to be able to do show Thursday because unless we can figure this out, we're SOL. We'll figure it out. <laughs> ah, famous last words. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go have a piece of bean pie. I don't mind. Me and Missy biz, up so early, busy, busy, making money. All right. Better step back. What are you going to do? The Greenback Boogie.